welcome back to the Listen In Podcast with your host, Sean and Jake. This week's episode, we are talking about the Kanye West tweets, Jake. Yeah. The thing the whole world's talking about. The documents. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, <laughs> Alex Jones. Let, let's dive right in with this, because I think there's a lot to talk about with, with Kanye West and, and his, his tweet storm that he went off. So, last week on the show, we talked about his return to Twitter, and, you know, he's, he's tweeting up a storm. This week, it took a slightly, I don't want to say sinister term. It's sort of strange. But a, uh, an interesting one that, that kind of set social media and the, the news world aflame. Um, yes. So there was some pro Donald Trump Trump tweets, and if you're not aware at this point, I don't know what you're doing. You're living under a rock. Check out his Twitter feed if you're not sure what those tweets are. I don't want to talk about the content of the actual tweets. I want to talk about the reaction and what our thoughts are on this, Jake. So the reaction was Trump was very happy about it. Right. He actually quote tweeted some of the things he said and said like very cool Kanye or like Kanye's great taste or something very like cool that. Kanye and he also retweeted Kanye's picture of his make America great yeah, yeah, again hat. yeah and then on top of that you had Fox News and the uh, conservative media and conservative population on social media counting this as a win for them and a win right. for Trump and that this is so great you had the liberals on Twitter saying that this was terrible, this is awful, that how could Kanye do this? How could he betray <laughs> us like this? Yep. Um, and you kind of just have more of the same of people digging in their heels on both sides with Kanye kind of being in the middle here. Or at least he thinks he's kind of in the middle of I'm spreading love, I'm spreading acceptance, I'm spreading free thought. Yeah. Now, I think there's two arguments here, Jake. And this is a big time I'm holding two thoughts in my brain at the same time story and this is where I want to kind of get into the discussion with yep. you. Okay. One thought I have is Kanye can kind of say and do whatever he wants as a person. Chance the rapper said not all black people have to be Democrats. And right. there was some support for him being like, I don't agree with everything Trump does, but like I like that dude. You know, he promotes free thought, I promote free thought. I'm just trying to put love into the world. I think yeah. that's a good, fine. Like, if you if you want to do that, fine. The other piece of this, though, and the other thought I'm having is, sure, Kanye, you can say you're promoting free thought and love and all of these things, but you're kind of doing it at the expense of people who are directly impacted by Trump and his administration in negative ways, whether it be through the travel ban, through defunding Planned Parenthood, through all of these different bad things that he's done. And Kanye's being kind of, not kind of, he is being ignorant of the plight of people who are directly affected by this by just saying, oh, it's free thought. I'm just sending love out there. It's like, yeah, Kanye, you are privileged enough where you're rich and famous enough where you don't have to worry about any of this stuff and you can kind of put that out there. And it's not really fair to the people who this is directly affecting that you're promoting Trump and all of what comes with that as well. So... It's two thoughts at the same time where it's like, this is just a guy who can kind of say and do whatever he wants. It happens to just make news because Kanye is that much of an icon. But at the same time, I think this is still coming from a place of slight ignorance. What are your thoughts? Uh, I agree pretty much with what you said. So um, it does strike me that I, I do want to give Kanye West the benefit of the doubt more than most other artists. Like when I saw mm -hmm. this, I was actively hoping and like looking for angles where this is okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I think to an extent, like obviously it's okay. It's legal. It's like, he, it's fine for him to be saying yeah. these thoughts and like <clears throat> his whole thing, like you said, free thought, spreading love, spreading expression. He was saying he loves Hillary too. Right. He's like, it's not again, like you said, he doesn't only agree with Trump. Um, I, I think, it is troubling, though, because it does come across as very disconnected. It comes across as like, like you said, he's this is ignoring a lot of really terrible shit that Trump is doing as president. A lot of things that uh, people are finding pretty reprehensible, like on a national and international scale mm -hmm. that Trump has done as president. Um, and it does seem like... Kanye is turning a blind eye to that. I also think that this is a classic thing where people are 
sort of overreacting. I don't look at Kanye as an overly political person. Right. I I don't think of this as an overly political statement. I don't think it is. That's the thing. I yeah. don't I don't think of what he's doing as him being like I uh, him being like I'm a Trump supporter. Right. Like the, I'm I'm sort of behind his pol- politics. He's yeah. come out and said as much that he's not. Right. And that that's not what this is about. I think from Kanye's perspective, this is interesting to him from 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 like an angle of like I'm all about my brand, how yes. I get myself out there, yes. how I express free thought through like different forms of expression, through the way I talk, through the way I act, yep. through like the Make America Great hat again. It's like the, it's, it's a mem- brand, memorabilia. Yeah. It's a brand. It's a way you sell yourself. I think he is probably more interested in Trump in that way. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right because I agree that I don't think this comes from a entrenched political mindset or standpoint, which is what the conservative media is kind of taking this as, as a win for And for a lot of the liberal media. And a lot of the liberals are too. They're decrying it the other way. So I think what Kanye has has kind of done here, actually, I, I'm trying to think. I, w- I was just thinking, oh, the, you know, back in, uh, after Hurricane Katrina, he said George W. Bush doesn't, doesn't care about black people. Yeah. It's like, that was seemingly a political statement, but I don't know that that even was either. That wasn't, I disagree with the conservative policies of the, the Bush administration. It was more of just like, a, I'm noticing this one thing yeah. that, that kind of like impacts me, and that's all I'm going to say about it, without much I, understanding of like what else is happening. I really think Kanye West is someone who acts based on feel almost solely yeah i don't think he's someone who's spending a ton of time delineating in his mind like okay this will make me perceive this way this will make me perceive that way like this is a leftist thought this is a right right Right. leaning thought i think kanye like just kind of goes on intuition and says what he's feeling at the time and that's the sense i get out of this here's what i'll also say though is like everything i've said so far has been i think it's trended towards defensiveness of yeah 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 I don't love this. No, I'm I, not. Uh, yeah, I'm not no. like happy about no. it. I'm not pleased to see it. No, uh, like, w- it, would it be better if he maybe thought some of these things and just didn't say them, and so I didn't have to know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that makes me think: Is this part of his larger point, where he's like, "I'm going to take the most divisive figure in America, and I'm going to take a stand that people don't expect." Yeah, knowing that a lot of my fans and a lot of the discourse around this is going to be negative because of this, is he trying to Trojan horse in Trojan my pocket Matt Liner, <laughs> uh, Trojan horse in kind of this larger free thought idea? Because it seems to me that that is what is guiding him. Like John Legend sent him a text and Kanye screen capped it and shared it on Twitter. And John Legend was like, "Hey man, like I love you, but I want you and like you can think and feel however you want, but I want you to know that like." So many of your fans look up to you. You have a platform like this isn't like great for your like your legacy or whatever. He's like, you're the best artist we have. Kanye's like, love you, John. But like you using terms like my fans and legacy are just things that kind of keep me like trapped and keep my thoughts trapped. That's that's sort of also how I read this is like this whole new 2018 Twitter rebrand of Kanye has been the sort of headline to me is it's like Kanye without borders. Yeah. Kanye yeah. without fucking without right. rules without at least in his mind. Right. When he's right. Try, I feel like this the whole thing he's been trying to do is he's like, I'm gonna espouse these like very idealistic philosophies. Just like yeah. just like 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 just don't lie. Or yeah, yeah. do only what you love and that's it. If you don't love right. something, stop immediately. Things right. that are so black and white and so fundamental but are not doable in practice he's trying to do some of that in practice yeah by like yeah being like look i love donald trump i love hillary clinton i love everyone right like and it's it's it is bold i'll give him that yeah. it's it's an interesting way to approach it um and I, the thing is is like is it gonna lose him that many fans probably not probably not like it, dude on June yeah. 1st, when or June 8th, no, June 1st, when yep. that new Kanye album drops, I guarantee like everyone who's criticizing him is going to listen to that album. Absolutely, they're going to listen to it. Because you also have to, at a certain point, like, yeah, I'm not pumped he like has a Make America Great hat again, right. or that he has some of these thoughts that like Trump isn't so bad. Like, right. But he's allowed to have those thoughts, and I can't, it's, I'm not going to make it my duty to police everyone who right. I like's 
thoughts true, about, true. about Trump or true. about politics. That's true. Or and, how they and, view that. I think one of the things that frustrates me with the especially liberal reaction to this is it is trying to control what Kanye thinks and says. It's like you thought that this artist who you look up to and love thought the same as you. And now that you figure out he doesn't, now it's bad. Like, right. I, I, I think that's kind of bullshit. It is kind of bullshit. And, and again, like... It is hard to we, – we get in this mindset with politics where any endorsement of a person becomes like an endorsement of their politics. Mm-hmm. Like I remember on The Daily on the New York Times podcast, yep. I personally felt conflicted once because there was a senator who came on and was being interviewed who was a Republican. Yeah. I have always leaned left. I am like grew up in like a pretty Democrat right. household. I've always been pretty liberal. And I remember I was like, oh, I like this guy. He's making a lot of good points. Right. I agree with him. I felt this insane cognitive dissonance. Right. I was like, what? And That's I, a problem. I had to look at, in the mirror and be like, well, like, why? Right. This dude is not inherently bad. Right. And so much of what a two-party system yep. and what politics yep. does is make you think like if someone aligns with a certain with, – with one side or the other, if you're on the other side of the camp, that person is bad. Yep. And that's not necessarily true. And what Kanye is doing is even less political than that. It is. In that two-party system, Jake, in that mode of thinking, you you touched on something there. That's dangerous. Yeah. That that is what the, the party lines literally have been drawn that way, where you almost feel like you can't agree with someone on the opposite side at all. Right. Or that's a that's a problem. The other piece of this that I if we if we take a step back from politics, I think this is indicative of a larger problem in American culture, and that is this obsession with wealth, power, and fame. Yeah. And I think if you look at the 2016 election, that's the reason why Trump got elected. He embodies all of that in every single way. And I think Kanye does too. He married a fucking Kardashian, man. Like, they're, yeah. they're the embodiment of wealth, power, and fame at all fucking costs. Well, and his and his tweets about, is this the sunken place showing his house? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Looks like a villa. Right. Like, so, of course Kanye is going to align himself with the guy who also chases money, power, fame over everything else. Because I think, love him or hate him, I think Kanye does the same exact thing. And the people who associate with Kanye, to an extent, <laughs> do the same things. And that is what Kanye, time and time again, has shown what he values in life. Do you think that Kanye, if if and when he runs for yeah. political office in 2024... I really fucking hope he doesn't. If if he does, do you think he runs as a Republican no, or a Democrat? No, I, I think he runs as like an independent or yeah, something. I think like, so too. Like makes his own party. Yeah, yes. But I, I think this idea of... Of identity around money, power, fame is something that is intoxicating to yeah. most people in America. And we seem to value that and think that that means success in life and that means happiness. And I think when we see people who embody that, we think they must have figured something out. They must be doing something right. So we kind of gravitate towards them. Yeah. I think that's one of the big reasons why Trump is in the White House right now. And I think that's one of the reasons why. Kanye West tweets make news across major networks. Well, and you get to a point where you are a multi-platinum artist. You're like one of the most famous and influential musical artists in the world. You're married to a Kardashian. Uh, your life is all about fame. Um, Donald Trump is a person you can relate to. Yeah. He might of be course. one of the few left. Exactly. Who you like? Think him. of how much that warps your mind and your perspective on the world. So much for both of them. It's it's not it's it's so easy to to write a think piece and be like, oh, Kanye doing this is dangerous for America or, or this is wrong. It's like think of where this dude's fucking been and yeah. like what his life is. We shouldn't be surprised at this at all. No. He's been rewarded for this behavior for fucking years. Yeah, well, right, and and again, like your circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller over yeah. time. Like there's only so many people who can relate to any amount of that experience. And actually Donald Trump can relate to like all of it. Exactly. Except the musician part, but right. he's been same level of famous. Yeah. He's been a reality TV show right. star. And like 
he has, like you said, similar ambitions just for power, pure and simple. And they've both been embroiled in all these controversies. I, I mentioned the George Bush hates black people. The Taylor Swift, uh, I'm going to let you finish. Like Time and time again, we've seen Kanye be the center of Kanye's universe. We should not be surprised at all that any of this is happening. What indication has he given us in the past that he gives a fuck about anybody's politics or position on that? He cares about Kanye. Yeah, he he does, and like, and about about pushing his like philosophies that yes. have worked for him. Yeah, and in some ways, if you want to challenge it a little bit, it it actually is in a sort of roundabout way. All the stuff he's been espousing lately on Twitter is kind of a different angle on the pick yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. Yeah, yeah. Because a yeah. lot of what he's saying is he's like he's applying things that worked for him a point zero 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 one percent most talented person yep. in the world and saying like look if you don't love something you're doing just go don't do it everyone can do this yeah like and and that is similar to what a lot of times people on the right end up feeling where they're yeah. like where they're like look I did it right like why can't you yeah you go just pick it's yourself an up an ignorant the perspective it's truly an ignorant and selfish perspective and as much as I love Kanye and his music that's hard to justify when one of my core beliefs is that you should be as empathetic as possible and accepting of where people are at for what they're doing. And it's weird, though, because on the other side of the coin, I I feel like this is his version of trying to be. He doesn't yeah, know how. Yeah. Like, he's trying to help people. It's a good, that's a good point. Through inspiration and through, like, bridging togetherness yeah. and doing it in the most lavish over right. the top scale the most Kanye way that he can possibly imagine you're right. you're right and so it's is it misguided yes is it probably not working the way he expected probably. yes does it mean he's a bad person no no I still I still like Kanye I still love his music right I think he is a truly interesting person right and I think maybe for me that is the major takeaway from all of this is this is just another interesting turn another interesting chapter in the pop music icon of our generation. Right. And and it's like, I'm trying my best to sort of see it that way. But it is hard. Like when John Lennon left the Beatles and was doing, you know, the all the peace stuff with Yoko, the, the, the sleep in and things like that. I'm sure people were like, what the fuck happened to this guy? Well, yeah. And like the weird thing is like these people, these these icons of of culture and of music... Like, John Lennon, by the end of his life in 1980, he was giving interviews about how he liked Reagan. Wow, yeah. Like, he liked Ronald Reagan. He was like, he had a lot of issues with what happened in the Carter administration. Wow. And like, he was, he at that point, and it makes sense, he had a kid and like, right. a lot of wealth. Right. He probably realized, he's like, oh. like This, this benefits me. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Does that make John Lennon a bad person? No. No, he's looking out for, for number one. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, I think it was an offhand comment. Right. And like, you could criticize someone like John Lennon or like Kanye West for being incredibly politically naive. Yeah. Because they swing from one side of the spectrum right. to the other. It's like either you're marching in the street chanting for peace writ large. Right. Like that's something they can get accomplished. <laughs> right. Or you like swing all the way to the other fucking yeah. side of the pendulum, like yeah, yeah. There's a certain naivety to people who are reared, who grow up like as young men and women, with fame and with success. You don't you you lose track of how to relate to to people. And the other part of this is just because they're an icon or they're a talented musician or they have this platform doesn't mean they know any more than anybody else or have figured no. it out any more than anybody else. And we don't like. Like I said, it's weird that just this one person's tweets have made news and have caused so much discussion because he hasn't figured out more than anybody else. And you can read it a couple different ways, too, like to make, again, a comparison to John. Like in the 70s, he had that song, like, Give Me Some Truth. Right. Which is all about how, like, politicians just lie and stuff. And, and like, we just want the truth. It's like, yeah, on on its face, it's like, like, kind of an unbearably naive thing to say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, of course they're going to lie. But you can look at it on the other side of the coin, too, and be like, well, it's also a very pure thing to say. Yeah. And like, Which is, the again, what Kanye's tweets are kind of And that's where Kanye's yeah. at, like, where he's like, look, I love everyone. Right. He's like, I, I don't, there's no, like, he's not seeing right and left. He's not yeah, seeing Trump yeah. versus Hillary. Right. He loves that dude. He loves her. He loves everybody. 
is that naive and broad? Yes. But is it also like kind of a pure statement? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so it's like, I don't know how to feel about this. It's very I conflicting. I know. Because we'd be applauding this guy if he was like, I love just Hillary or I love just Obama. Yeah, or like, can you imagine how much clout he would get if he came out and said, like, I love Bernie Sanders? Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. People would be like, oh, like. Yes. Kanye's, just, Kanye's like this social warrior for us but that'd be too easy right for him Exa- yeah because exactly. kanye i yeah. think as much as he craves power and as much as he craves wealth and fame and influence mm-hmm. he also craves controversy yeah yeah he's, he's yeah. a glutton for it yeah and that's been that's been made apparent so many time times through his time career. again he has a certain fetish for controversy he does. he does i think he needs it and i also think this could be a totally separate conversation about mental health. Like, I'm not going to say you, if you support Trump, you're mentally unwell. No. I'm not saying that and I'm not blaming it. I'm not making a correlation. Broadly, though, I think a lot of these tweets feel like mania. Yeah, they do. For someone who might be bipolar. And it's interesting because Kim Kardashian, I saw on Twitter, she came out and she was like, uh, I don't like how quickly everyone's jumping on the mental health thing. Because I guess right. a lot of comments have been coming out like that. She's like, he's not crazy. Right. Kanye just sees life in this way. Yeah, he's like, he sees it in a different way. He's naturally expressive. Right. And he's going to come out and he's going to say this stuff. And she's like, it's not fair of people to accuse, to pin all this on mental health. and Which I think some of it is. I'm not disagreeing that's with all, you. But that's all part of what she said. The way you see life yeah, right, and the exactly. way you express yourself is so directly tied to your mental health. Well, she also said that she was like, she wanted him to come out and acknowledge that she, he doesn't agree with all of Trump's policies. Right. Um, and I think that was important too. Because, I think so too. Like, that's a pretty shrewd move. Yeah. Because you can't, can you, again, it, it goes back to that certain level of naivety because Kanye expects like, I'll just go out there and say this and people will be fine with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, dude, she gets it. Kim's smart. I think Kim's she really is. smart. She, pro- Yeah, I think she really is. I don't is. think you get to being where she is without being smart. I actually really love that like family portrait they posted. Oh, yeah, did yeah, yeah. I that? did too, yeah. Where Kanye yeah. had the blonde hair. I like that too. It's I thought cool. it was really interesting. I'm not a fan of the Kardashians no, or that either. whole thing. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Kim. Uh, but I just, I feel like I don't, I just, I, nothing about what they're all about. Yeah. Is like no it relates doesn't, it doesn't to me. Do, yeah, it doesn't, it do doesn't it connect. Yeah, for me. I, I agree. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, this is fascinating stuff, dude. It and is. like, I, it's just, it's just like you said, it's another chapter in the long saga of Kanye yep. West being controversial. Yep. and j- like just stirring the pot in truly strange ways. It is. It absolutely is. It's it, it's like a little exciting. Like I'm just happy yeah. to have him back. I again, I would trade the Trump stuff if I could. Oh, sure, I would. I would be like, yeah, maybe just like not... Lay off that shit, man. No, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Um, But yeah, we'll definitely be discussing this in the context of the Kanye album when it comes out in about a month. And uh, I'm sure he'll continue tweeting in the meantime. So we will be back with more Kanye uh, in the weeks to come. Jake, let's finish off our Hot Thoughts segment by going completely in the other direction here. So far in the other direction. I just want to quickly... Touch on the one new album I started listening to last week, and I believe you gave it a listen as well. I did listen once. It's this new Lord Huron album called Vide Noir. Um, I believe they're from L.A. They're just... <laughs> I, I always like Lord Huron, but like honestly, they're the most <laughs> just basic indie folk band you could like be. But, but I want to say, I really like this album. It's super enjoyable. It really is, and I agree. They're sort of... Like, I don't totally understand what I... I've listened to some Lord Huron in the past, and I agree where I feel like I can't get a handle on what's their angle. It is Dude, a little bit it's like, just it's very just like, we're just going to like do these pretty straightforward indie folk songs. That are sometimes a little spacey. Sometimes a little psychedelic, yeah. Like, so, like they, they trend towards yes. yeah, some of that, that yep. spacier stuff. But uh, I agree. Like the, the listen that I had was, was pleasant on this. I will go back to it. I, uh, I joked on Twitter. I was like, even though Lord Huron has been writing the same song just slightly different versions for, for like ever yeah. i still am just a sucker and i've listened to this album like four or five times and i'm like oh yeah like there's some good melodies on here easy to listen to i don't need to you know have, it's not a fucking think piece like 
inciting piece of art. It's, it's just, just like it's just enjoyable music. It's a pleasant, enjoyable exactly. album, and like this is definitely it's a nice springtime fair. You know, it, it strikes me that they're a band that's making music to make music. Yeah, they're not absolutely. like it, again, like very much the opposite of where Kanye <laughs> right. is at, where he's doing it as this sort of larger performance art. Like Lord Huron's, like no, we're we're like an indie rock band. Yep. That's what we are. Yep. And, and I that's kind of refreshing sometimes. It is. And you're not going to get rave reviews or, you know, you're not going to get talked about all the time if that's your angle. But they do what they do really well. Yeah. And it's super enjoyable. I'm going to keep listening to this. I will too. I, I will like too. it. Uh, we wanted to jump into... I wanted to do a think piece here, Sean. Okay. Um, and the think piece is about Elvis. Okay. Elvis Presley. So, I watched over the weekend... The HBO documentary, two-part documentary, Elvis Presley, The Searcher. Um, it was on HBO. So just first, some general thoughts on that. It's really, really good. It's very interesting. Anyone who has an interest in the history of music, the history of rock music, and you know, if you even like Elvis at all, it's very worth watching. It's definitely a little long. Mm-hmm. It's like one of these documentaries that Bill Simmons would say could use some editing. <laughs> They could, they could. Yeah, it was it was fifteen minutes too long. And you know they they lost it there with the part with that with the with him at the swimming pool at Graceland. There was a little too much. I don't need to see famous people as kids. It's like I think it's interesting to see right. famous people as kids. Anyways, right. really interesting. And what it put in perspective for me was I never thought really that much about okay, where did Elvis come from? Like what yeah. was his deal? And it's really interesting. He was this kid. Who grew up, he was born in the 30s in Tupelo, Missouri, dirt poor. Yeah. Like, like was, that, po- was that like Dust Bowl? Yeah, I guess it would have yeah, been. Yeah. I guess it would have been. And he was like dirt poor, and he was this kid who, and all these people have these accounts of basically he would, when they moved to Memphis, he would always be seeking out black music. Yeah. He was always like at 13, 12, 14, whatever, in those young formative ages, he was out. Seeking out blues, seeking out that 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 sort of I guess jazz or like yeah. any any of that music, and like he would go out and like sing with people and right. like try to just take it all in. And the whole the, the the sort of hypothesis of this documentary was, <laughs> excuse me, that Elvis was like again a searcher, and that he yeah. was always looking for stuff to bring in, like the leg movements, yeah. all the styles. And this is what it it, it made what I thought was interesting is. I've always had a slight knock on Elvis because I'm like, yeah, he's influential. Yeah, he was incredibly famous. He had an amazing voice. He didn't write his own stuff. That's always been my thing with him. I was like, and I've always just kind of discounted him and been like, I'm not even going to like really listen. Like, I have like really nothing to offer to this conversation because that has always been my perspective. I think it, I think, but here's, this is what this documentary sort of showed to me. So this dude goes into the studio. He's like, he's been singing. He's been like interested in singing and stuff. And he's like, this guy, it's also an interesting story about the guy who started Sun Records, mm. who I think that was in Memphis. And he, Elvis goes, he's like, yeah, I'd like to record some stuff. And so they, they try a couple things. It's not, nothing's really working. And then they just play, he's like, all right, let's try this, the, it's All Right Mama, yeah. which is just like a, an old blues standard. Right. And they try it and they have a guitarist and a bass player who are like a little more traditionally sort of country or like roots music. And... What Elvis did was like invent a style. Yeah. With those records. He with his singing style and with the the way the band was playing behind them, the way they explained it in this documentary is it was so inventive and different sounding. He was just using traditionals like Led Zeppelin did. Right. Like if you think about right, it, how right, Led right. Zeppelin came to be like right. they were just using blues tropes that's too. So interesting. Yeah. That's what Elvis was doing. And with That's Alright Mama and Blue Moon of Kentucky, his first A and B side that he released on Sun Records. It like literally floored people because yeah. people hadn't heard music like that before. So was this technically rock music? Was this like his version of like rock music? There or? like wasn't rock music yet. Right. So was he inventing that? He was part of, he became a part of the wave of people who kind of did. Yeah. yeah. And he just has this interesting story where he was inventive in a way that we so often don't think about invention anymore. And like. Right. He inspired these generations and now gets written off by people like us who value songwriting yeah. and like like Lennon and McCartney and stuff and that type of that style, that mold oh. of, of, of musician when it's like this dude like helped invent a style and yeah. was so original in the way he sang. He 
was always he was blending bluegrass with country with blues and making it his own new thing. Yeah. And 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 sort of pushing it out as this product that was just him. So I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Go ahead. I think invention and that perspective on it is really fucking cool. Yeah, and very not something that I have thought of necessarily. But I think one of the inherent problems with that is if you're first or if you're second or you're in that first wave, it, you can't help it, but people that come after you are going to take the invention that you did and just do it better, basically. Yep. So your invention stops being as novel to future generations because other people just took what was cool and did it fucking better. So that, that's... That's my hang-up with him. That's a, that's an interesting point. I think that there are plenty of Elvis records that are really, really fucking good. And not, I'm not talking albums. But I think I'm talking songs. So, but I think it's so referenced in everything yeah. else that yeah. has been done. It's like, well, yeah, I've like heard this before, even if I haven't heard Elvis specifically. Well, and what I thought... This is not really a point against that, but this is what I thought was interesting. And again, it shifted my perspective a little bit. Is They had Bruce Springsteen as one of the talking heads nice. on this. Nice. Good get for and that. He, yeah. And yeah, he, and Simmons, you need a superstar yeah. early. They had a bunch of, like... Of, of, they had Petty in there. Nice. And it was either Petty or Springsteen who said, like, you listen to those first Elvis songs, and... Um, you can tell that these are people who are excited just because they like they're trying this thing. They're like, mm. like we don't really know. Like mm-hmm. we haven't done this before. Like I hope it works, but it sounds really, really cool. Yeah. Like, and it's they've. I think the way they worded it was you captured the pure essence of of like trying something yeah. and being kind of excited and like you're not quite sure how it's working, but it, it comes out as this amazing thing. And I think that is something that. Is always there with music, no matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. And That's the, very cool. Yeah, I thought so. And so the other thing I wanted to say about Elvis is that he, what, what also I found so compelling is that this was a dude who had to go it alone. Yeah, he didn't get famous as part of a band, right. and he got famous like as a rock star first in terms of like how famous he is. Elvis is one of the most immensely famous like pop culture icons of all time. Yeah, like he. Just saying his name it's, evokes yeah. images, it evokes yeah. cliches. Right. Um, and he was this guy who, <coughs> excuse me, a lot like we're talking about with Kanye, like, how that must warp your mind oh, yeah. so much. Yep. And he didn't know what to do with his career because there was no precedent. Right. And he, he fell into the trap of following this dude, Colonel Parker, who led him... To throughout the late 50s and actually once he got out of the military in the late 50s through the 60s he was doing these just schmaltzy movies they yeah. tried to make him into a movie star and he was singing just these like corny movie songs right. and for all these years these prime years of the 60s we kind of had Elvis robbed of us yeah. while so many artists were doing the most interesting stuff the yeah. Beatles were hitting like it was like the Stones were out there the right. Birds all these bands trying things Dylan right. and and Elvis was trapped by this like this partnership he had. That is really sad, yeah. And he finally came back in the late 60s. So anyways, my larger point, and I think you already started speaking to it, is I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about like, what does this dude mean to you? What has he been in your life? Do you, have, do you ever listen to Elvis? El- the answer to that is no. I don't really ever listen to Elvis. Do you have any favorite I'm, songs? Oh, I do, I do, I do. I, I love In the Ghetto. In the Ghetto's great. I love uh, Little Less Conversation. Okay, yeah. Um... Those are my two favorites, yeah. probably. Uh, and obviously, there's there's some. Elvis is such a he is such a cliche. He's a cliche, and he is as little as I have sought him out. I've heard him a ton just because he is so present in culture. Yeah. Like I heard him on like oldies radio growing up with my parents, and I right. he's a reference point on TV shows and in movies and in things like that. And so, like through that, I feel like I have absorbed it absorbed Elvis but it's a very passive uh relationship that I have with him it was for me too and like growing up it's it's interesting because my parents had both Beatles Mm one that hits compilation of all their number one hits and they had Elvis Mm -hmm. 30 number one hits I remember I always liked some of those Elvis songs I was never as attracted to it right it never hit me the same way but I always remember my dad talking about how Elvis was like the guy for him growing up and his family he was this dude and it's like I think the reason is is he was like larger than life, Elvis. Yeah. He like it. I think you you almost couldn't experience it now the same way, right? As like with the Beatles, I think 
the story their story's more more coherent or something yep. or like the the sheer it's more palatable of, for for after the fact and something to do with the fact that they took more of their own story and kind of formed yeah. it and like yeah. wrote their own stuff and like kind of had more creative yep. power yep. that has more cachet now it does. than anything Elvis did but i think it is to some detriment because i think a lot of the creative things Elvis did gets overlooked because of that. So yeah, I, the question I want to ask is: Do you think Elvis is fading or will fade from public consciousness for how important he was because of all of that? I think he is. Yeah, I think he is too. I think that I think that Elvis now represents. Uh, he just represents like an era. Yeah. Like and and there's different stages of Elvis. Like he represent he represents tropes. He, in our culture today, he represents either like, oh, it's the greaser fifties, yeah, and you like the, the right. start of rock and roll, or he represents like I, Vegas, seventies I, I, Elvis. I think Fat Elvis. late Elvis is a it's a more of a cautionary tale than anything for like a big star, where it's like, oh, he's in his like late Elvis phase, which is like not putting out any important art kind of resting on his laurels getting fat like kind of embroiled in all this other stuff outside of the art it's a cautionary tale what made me really sad was that uh in the 70s so you know the song burning love Mm -hmm. like one of my favorites of his evidently so that i never really knew because i had never taken the time to learn the chronology of elvis right that's a late career elvis song that's from like 75 i think he died in 77 it was one of his last hits and at that point his life and his addiction to painkillers yeah. or whatever drugs he was taking was so out of control. His wife had left him. Yeah. He didn't like wasn't with his wife or kids, and he wasn't a songwriter. So they would like he he would go in and like he had some songs he wanted to work on, or sometimes people would suggest songs, and that song came up, and I think everyone knew it was a hit, but like he really didn't want to sing it because he wow. wasn't feeling happy, and that's oh, a happy song, yeah, but he yeah, was like yeah. truly depressed. Yeah, interesting. And it it's really sad, dude, because. You look at young Elvis, 50s Elvis, and he's this guy who's just like, the, he has this energy and this this just pure talent that's yep. like bursting at the seams. Yep. <laughs> and you get the sense he didn't, he, he even he didn't know how to like channel right, it. Right, right, right. Because he was off stage. He was this Southern gentleman, like right. incredibly polite. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Talking like that. And then on stage... Like, people thought he was the devil incarnate because he danced so suggestively. Right. And he would say, like, I don't even know I'm doing that. Right. He was just up there and it was just coming out of him. Yeah. Elvis is like this conduit. It's very cool. Yeah, he is. He really is. Of, like, and also, one of, like, the best looking dudes. Oh, very good looking. Young Elvis. Very good looking. 50s Elvis with the hair going. By by today's standards, very good looking. Like, incredibly handsome. Like, if that dude walked into a bar, everyone would be like... Shit, that's yeah. a good-looking guy. He was, and there was this. They showed this, um, this clip of in the '60s where, again, like people, they didn't know how to market him. They didn't know what to do with him, and so his manager was like, "All right, you're like back from the military. What you'll do is this like corny show where you and Frank Sinatra do a showcase, right, right, and like you sing each other's songs, yeah, and like and uh, Frank will sing Love Me Tender and put a swing on it, yeah, and like yeah. you'll sing one of Frank's songs." And they show them standing next to each other, and Elvis is like significantly taller right. than Frank, and he's got so much hair yep. and just like this, like that, like kind of baby face, but very handsome yep. look. It's like, dude, that guy was just like made to be a fucking yeah, star. Yeah, like you just see him, and you're like, how, how did he even come up with this look? So, yeah, that yeah. he sort of embodied. So interesting. It is interesting. So I, it's sort of a combination recommendation of the week and and think piece for me because I think. I don't know. I think in some way everyone could could actually stand to give Elvis a look a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like this week, mm-hmm. I, I listened to his greatest hits again. I was like, shit. Like there's some stuff on here that is schmaltzy, yeah, and some of it that's not essential. Which I think is a product of the time as well. Probably it's a product of the time and the product of the fact that like Elvis is both the story of one of the greatest talents and biggest icons of all time. And a cautionary tale of talent mismanaged. Yeah, t- kind of taken advantage of. Taken advantage yeah. of because he was like a naive and true, right. like good-hearted person right. who like really lost his way. Yeah, and like had a couple beats here throughout, like the '68 comeback special when he hadn't been doing music and had just been in movies for a while. Like that was considered a like a success mm-hmm. for his career. Other than that, past the '50s, it was a lot more downs than it was ups. Yeah, and he had hits because he was so famous, but like. 
he could have been so much more than right. what he already was, which is what really stuck with me. Right. So interesting stuff. Right. Very, very interesting. Yeah, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, Jake, you have some more talking to do because I do, don't you I? have a show and tell for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it relatively brief. So uh, me and big friend of the pod, Josh, went to Portsmouth, New Hampshire to see Remo Drive in concert. Uh, they... Um, the openers were Prince Daddy and the Hyena, oh, yeah. who I still have not taken the time to get into, yeah. even though I've, I've enjoyed seeing them live twice. Um, and, <laughs> excuse this, consumption <laughs> has taken over me. In uh, a local band called Notches, um, who, who are really good. They had a couple songs that I think would be worth checking out. They're a New Hampshire band, I think. Uh, so a couple of thoughts about Remo Drive. One, um, they're... I think they're about as much fun live as they are on record. Yeah. They are, you know, like, I, I think of them as being kind of effervescent, yep. being very, um, you know, like their music is poppy mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and and sort of fun and like a, it trends toward care tr- carefree, but it has that underpinning of like neurosis. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like, yeah. you know, like yep. the, I'm my own doctor. Yeah. Uh, you get the sense that this these are songs written by someone who is like probably fastidious and very, spe- like very... Uh, specific about the things they like, yeah, but like yeah. they're trying to have fun. Right. It was a fun concert. A couple of things that jumped out for me about Remo Drive, the lead singer and guitar player, Eric Paulson, um, he was a lot of fun to watch live. He was up there like doing kicks nice, and stuff. Nice, nice. Um, I really think, based on honestly seeing them one time, he is, he is one of the best pure musicians in this entire scene. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's not like they have that much to show for them yet. They have one right. one record, one EP. I say this for a couple reasons. One, I think this dude is writing songs with chord progressions with a musicality that is like, it's it's sort of outside of the scene. A yeah, little bit. yeah. Like, for example, the song Blue Ribbon, the chords in that song could be on like with the Beatles, basically. Right, right. He, has, he writes it with these like jazz chords. He uses... Uh, these progressions that aren't traditionally sort of rock in my opinion. And, and, uh, he does it in a way that is really pretty interesting. I think yeah. it brings it all together in, in a, in a good way. Also, I think he was one of the most effortlessly good guitar players I've ever seen, which again, if you've listened to Remo drive, you might not get that sense except listening to the riffs to watch this dude play. He, he just has the way I described it to Josh when we were there last night is he has touch. Yeah. Like, he holds the guitar with complete control, like it's like mm. almost like loosely. Yeah, and, yeah, and and slides into stuff like like it just. I, it's like a, a physical intelligence. I can picture it like yeah. he just owns this thing. Like he it's, does. it's a confidence, and it's it, 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 it it's right. That's right. He he plays it like it's just part of him. Yes, yes. And I really think this dude might be special, man. I really do. And I know that that is kind of a weird, probably not what you expected yeah. coming out of this Remo Drive Seriously. concert. I really think that if I, I assume he's the guy writing it, um, they sounded tight beyond their years. Yeah, they sounded really, really fucking good. Wow! Like the the drummer they had, it's not even the drummer who was on their first album. Right, right. This guy sounded tight. Um, I think the singer and the bass player are brothers. They were playing really well. Like they have their sound down pat. Yeah. And I just think that this is a band that like they have bigger horizons. Right. I think still to see because I think that it, it strikes me that they have songwriting interests and, and, and musical interests that go outside of just what they've accomplished yeah. so far. So those are the takeaways I That's had. That's very cool. It, it was a really enjoyable experience. Was it, how, how busy was it? Not that busy. Fuck. It was like probably maybe 30 people. Okay. Fuck, that bums me out. Nothing. Especially since like I could have just easily have gone and kind of was like, ah, I don't really feel like it tonight. It, it is what it is. It's like that that place didn't fill up. It was a good enough crowd. It was probably what they expected. Yeah, okay. The band themselves. Yeah. I don't think they were there like, oh, no one came. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I think, I really think Remo Drive is a band that could really do something and they seem to be affecting, dude, we were like among the oldest people. Oh, I I can imagine. Yeah. Josh and I show up and and they were like over 21. We're like, yeah. He's like, oh, like not that many people here are over 21. I'm not surprised. Um, it was a young crowd and it was a crowd of people who were like very, very into it. And like there was, there was moshing going good, yeah. on. There were people like... It was a good crowd. Yeah, people were down uh, and I was immensely impressed. I don't leave good. every show feeling that right, impressed right, by right. the pure musicianship and like talent coming out right. of the band that I saw. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, re- I really think there's something special about these guys. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. Wish yeah. more people went. I wish I went, but uh, I'm glad it was a good time. Worth checking out if you can see them on their tour. Let's uh, wrap up this week's episode, Jake. We got a release radar. We had almost nothing last week. We're kind of packed this week. Uh, we have the new Half-Wave album, Lavender, which is actually Stereo Gum's album of the week. Yeah. Um, that is, of course, uh, I forget what her name is. I forget uh, her name, too, from, she's from Pine, Pine Grove. Grove. Yeah. Uh, we also have Jim, Janelle Monet coming out with uh, Dirty Computer. That has been getting a lot of buzz and hype. I bet we will see a Best New Music on that. Have you listened to her much before? Uh, I've heard songs here and there. I've always liked them. I think she had a single with Grimes come out that is on this album. Okay. Uh, this is going to be one of those, like, it's going to be on every end of the year list albums, even though, like, we might not like it as much as that. Yeah, it'll be I one can of those... already tell it's that. I agree. Um, Grouper is coming out with uh, a new album, Grid of Points. Grouper, uh, I don't know if it's their last album, um, but that is one that is always a nice go-to-sleep album for me. Um, if yeah. you haven't heard it, check out the song Clearing. It's it's a really nice... Yeah, their, their 2014 album, Ruins, it's like very soft and gentle. It's, right. it's a great album. So... Uh, We'll see if it's the same kind of sound uh, on Grid of Points, but another Grouper <laughs> album. We also have Speedy Ortiz coming out with Twerp Verse, Twin Shadow coming out with an album that I think is pronounced Care, uh, and then Post Malone coming out with, <laughs> of course, this is the name of his uh, his album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. There you go, man. Yep. What yep. more could you ask for? Yeah. So we have uh, we're running the gamut of uh, of albums coming out tomorrow, Jake. Although to be honest with you, like. None of those are any that I'm like no, off the charts excited. No, for. that's the thing. I was I was putting the list together. I was like, oh, okay, it's like interesting. Sure, none of it's like hell yeah. Like this is one of my most anticipated of the year or anything. Dude, June first is that day though. June first is the day. Yeah, it is. It is. When is uh when is the Drake album coming out? We forgot to reference that he's coming out with a new record in June as well. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Let me check the date really quick. Okay. I don't think we we got caught up in the Kanye. Well, and it's we, called Scorpion. And let's talk about this really quick too. This is For a fil- Scorpio. This is a filibuster, but it, it's worth talking about as well. Uh oh, that's because he is a Scorpio. Um. Uh, Arctic Monkeys. That album comes out in May. They're not releasing singles. I, I do like that. I think that's a good move from Arctic Monkeys. I, I like that. Do you say the Scorpion, word, June 28th. Scorpion, yep. June 28th. Do you say the word A-R-C-T-I-C, Arctic or Arctic? It's Arctic. You say Arctic? I don't, you know, like pronounce, over-pronounce it every time. If I'm talking quickly, I'm just like Arctic Monkeys. You know? Me too, me too. But like, it's Arctic. I I, I right. just don't enunciate like a douchebag every time. Well, no, I know? say it both yeah. ways, but I didn't know if that was another thing that I do, where it's just like I say Arctic. Oh no, I think everyone kind of just shorthands it to that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, Wednesday definitely. or Feb- February. Yeah, exactly. February. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday like, or okay. February. Like, right, you're an asshole. Um, but yeah, so we have that coming. I do like that they're not releasing any singles. I did tweet this when I heard that news. I was like, this is awesome. Wish more bands would do it. However. I do realize that not every band has the luxury, it's luxury. of being as popular where like yeah. we can just do no promotion for our album basically not no promotion well, but like singles are one of the main drivers of generating interest in your new record and if you're as big as the Arctic Monkeys especially at home in the yeah. UK you they don't really have to do that it's like they've earned it must it, be though. nice they've yeah absolutely it. oh absolutely they have and uh it's an interesting move because they could easily promote and probably make the album even bigger right and, like, get a shit ton of streams on a song. Right. Like, right. if they put out a single, it would have millions of streams, like, already. Absolutely it would. And Maybe this will drive more album sales. It might. I Who knows? I am looking forward to that record. I am, too. Um, even though, like, I've, I have no earthly idea what to expect. No, I don't either. But I'm excited for Me it. Me, too. We'll, June, end of May and June is going to be big. Yeah. Very big. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. For another week. Last one in Sean's apartment. Yeah, that's right. Dude, how crazy is it that we have now had a few different last cycles of like moving into a place or like last one here, first one here, last one there. We have done the podcast now in, I'm trying to think of all the locations, your parents' basement, yep. 
McGregor Street. Yep. Two different rooms in there, yep. but McGregor Street. Here, my apartment. Uh, Ian's apartment. That's right. Once. That's right. The car. The car on the way to the hotel here. That's it. That's it. I think that's it. Decent but still a, you know. number of locations, yeah. and this has been one of the staples. Yeah, it has. This would be the place we've done it, I, th- I would assume, the second, second most. most. And then my apartment would be third. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a good run. It's the end of another era. It, I remember the first time, I think the first time we recorded here, we recorded on that. I think uh, we did. On the, uh, the island there. Yeah, we did. We didn't yeah. have it like sorted out. Because I, I don't think I had this table yet. That feels so recent still. I did. It was like a year ago. It was less than a year ago. <sighs> it's crazy. Time goes by, dude. It does. Yeah. It does. It's going to be. So, do we want to do. This is literally planning on the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you yeah. want to do mostly my apartment after that? Oh, want... yeah. Well, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll just do yours. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you have anything for the pre-show? Uh, I don't. Celtics game six tonight. Hopefully they get a win. That's right. That's um, right. What time is that on? Is that in Milwaukee? In Milwaukee. Yeah. LeBron played out of his fucking mind last night. Do you think game winner? Amazing buzzer beater. That dude's the best basketball player of all time. He's you, better than Michael Jordan. You're you're on that. I, camp. Yes, I'm officially there. I feel like I need. And, and, and like as more time goes by, it's only going to become more clear. I'm squatting on that take now. Yeah, I feel like I still need to see like the. I don't have enough knowledge of just like I don't I don't have the numbers in my head to compare. I need to still see the like the really good think piece comparing yeah. them to give me some background. I think knowledge I think there. I really think what people are just gonna rely on more and more is like, well, Jordan was six and zero in the finals. Yeah, but that's the Joe Montana argument, and that's yeah, never. It's not a great. Much. It's not a great because like body of work for LeBron's gonna end up being much more impressive. But that's like people who say Joe Montana is better than Brady because he went four and zero. It's like right. well, Brady is five and three. Right. Like he's been to more, mm-hmm. won more. Right. It's different. Has with, better numbers. Right. It's different with with LeBron. LeBron's a little. It's sort of similar. He hasn't won as much, but he's been to just as many. Has he been to six? Yeah. He's Has he been like, to seven? Uh, he's been to... He went to three with the Heat. Three with the Heat. And Did he lose four two with of the, those? Four with the Cavs. Wait, no. he. Wait, wait, wait. No, he went to... Four with the Heat. Four with the Heat. One with the Cavs when he was young. Yep. Right, because with the Heat, he went two and two. So he already went to five finals before he even came back to Cleveland. And he's been there three... Uh, two years in a row. Three? Three years in a row. Because they lost... You're right. Beat the seventy three and nineteen, yeah. and lost again right. to the Durant right. team. So he's been to eight finals. Jordan only ever went to six, and, and he's been to seven in a row or something crazy. And he's but he's only won three. Correct. And there's things only won three. Yeah, well, right. But there's 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 factors there. Yeah. Like he's usually like the one dude on a shit house team. Yes. So like that first Cleveland one basically shouldn't even count. Right, because he was a kid. Um, you could argue two of these... Cle- so, the first uh, Cavs team from this decade, Kyrie was hurt. Yeah. And then the the one from last year was not a good team. Let me see. And they ran up against fucking a juggernaut. Right. So, as of last year, he was two and four... Wait, no, this is two years ago, dude. Yeah. So, as of 2016, going into the finals, he was two and four... Since then, he has won and lost one. Yeah. So he's three and five. Yeah. So he's been eight. Yeah. He has the inverse record as Brady. Right. Right, um, right, right. It's impressive. And, like, I, I think that, like, there's a lot of different ways you could measure who's better, Jordan or, or LeBron. Uh, I feel like one-on-one, LeBron would probably win. Although they say Jordan was, like, the most competitive person, like, See, literally See, again, I think that's going to turn into another hard argument to make, where it's like, well, but Jordan, he wouldn't yeah. have allowed himself to lose. It's like, okay, that's a really convenient fucking right. argument that you can make for this. Yeah, I I, uh, I still like Michael Jordan better. Oh, I do too. Personally. Because, like, I was watching the game last night, I was watching the Pacers game. LeBron still does so much complaining to the refs. He does too much of that. It makes it. He does way too much. I don't know if he's like kind of putting on a show or if he like knows what he's doing or what, but he complains too much. Well, I'm sure Jordan did some of that. And part of what helps for us with Jordan is like we were so young when he was doing his thing. And 
I wasn't really watching him, so right. all I've ever seen in my whole life is like all Amazing highlights. Amazing highlights. We've Although, never seen the lowlights of, of Jordan. I'm already excited about, like the other day, I think I was telling Mary Kate, who I knew didn't care, but I was trying to tell her about LeBron's block in the finals. Yeah, or yeah, someone. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. trying to tell someone about LeBron's block in the finals, yep. and I was like, this is a famous yeah. play already, yep. and it's going to be his iconic play yep. of his career. Yeah. Probably. I mean, unless it, he does it, something. It, it probably will. Unless he does something to top it in the next couple of years. Right. But I feel like it's a, it's going to be on the short list. It'll yep. be it'll be top three at a minimum. Yes. Right now, it's the play of his career. Yes. It's it is fucking awesome to watch. It's amazing. Like, dude, the the amount of ground he covers yep. from half court, he gets a little help from whatever defender like makes Iggy pump fake. Right. Right. But still, was it Jr? I think it was Jr. Smith. Might have been. Um, it wasn't so like it, it wasn't as clear cut a layup as some people remember. Right. Still, basically, he was gonna score. Well, last night he had basically the same exact block on Victor Oladipo. Oh, really? Should the NBA came out today? They're like that should have been a goaltend. Oh. Oladipo barely got it to hit the backboard before LeBron trapped it against that's, it. That's... It went down the other way. So they he blocked it. Immediately called timeout. They got the ball with three seconds left. They inbound it to him. Hits a three buzzer beater to win. It was like the perfect buzzer beater too. It, it was like great. it was a deep three. It was a deep three. It was the t- I, I don't like the quote unquote buzzer beaters no. where they're like there's point two left on the clock. Time's this out. one was just like right before the ball went into the hoop. You could see the red on the backboard. It was amazing. I saw the highlight, dude. And like that's the thing about LeBron is he has fewer of those than you'd hope. No, he has more buzzer beaters in the playoffs than Jordan. He does now? Yes. Okay, so maybe over time. I remember for a long time the knock against him was he didn't have that, and I feel like I can't call to memory that many, but I'm sure they're there. Uh, yeah, I saw a stat that with that one, he passed Jordan for most playoff buzzer beaters. Or, or, or go-ahead baskets in the final five seconds is what it was. Okay, and in the because the famous Jordan buzzer beater, the most famous one, well, it depends if the most famous one is the one over Elo right. against the Cavs. Right. Or if it's, I think it's over Russell. In the yeah, was that against a the Jazz. true buzzer no. beater? Exactly. No. Yeah. No, there yeah, was yeah, there yeah. was actually I think it, it's a disappointing amount of time left. I right. think there was somewhere in the realm of like two to five seconds right, left. Right. 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 Like the the Jazz had a possession. Jordan's most famous is the shot over Craig Elo, though. I the, the I think it might think. be the the perfect I, I, swish it, to end his career. If I'm ta- I'm talking like actual, actual buzzer, buzzer beater. Yeah. 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 Um, I think his most famous shot is against the Jazz. Probably. Um. What people don't, what people forget about that, or at least don't really mention, and because I've watched that clip so many times, Jordan had a steal on the previous possession. Oh, very similar to this LeBron Mal- thing. Malone was posting up yeah. down low, and Jordan just sneaks up behind and yeah. steals the ball. Wow! And they're like, oh, like Jordan, and he just doesn't pass. He just dribbles right. down the court, takes his time, and, fu- and and fucking takes that shot to it's win the game. Awesome. As he's like walking off, yeah, it does suck that he came back. Yeah, for the it Wizards. does. It does. I wish he it had. Does. Me too. I mean, it pads his stats a little bit. A little bit. He only played what two years? Uh, two more years. I mean, yeah. So he yeah. probably what did he have? Probably like three, four thousand more points. Probably. Yeah. It's not. It's not nothing. Yeah, true. That's true. It it does like sort of tarnish the the sort of perfect the coolness. Yeah. I, you, I fucking hate that he went and played baseball too. I do too. He probably would have won eight finals. Yeah. In a row. I always joke. There's this in there's a Saturday Night Live sketch where you know when they did the Da Bears thing, yeah, Da Bulls. They uh, there was one episode where they had Jordan on. And I had it on my best of Chris Farley mm-hmm. compilation compilation DVD, yep. Yep. and uh, <coughs> on it there was one where there were the, the, those Chicago dudes at a bar, and they're like, "Now how many uh, championships are you gonna win in a row, there, Michael?" Like you gonna are we talking a repeat a three peat, and and this guy goes no 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 we're talking a minimum eight peat, <laughs> <laughs> and like dude that would have probably happened. I know it's true it's true. I've always loved That's that really line. Funny. Yeah. And it's like dude if he didn't fucking retire to play I baseball know. for two years you're probably talking minimum eight peat. Simmons made a really good point when he was talking about teams young NBA teams that made an unexpected <laughs> trip to the finals. Yeah, and he brought up the Magic in '94. 94, 95, whenever Jordan was coming back from yep, baseball. Yep. And he was like, this has been expunged from the, the record because yeah, no dude. one wants like Jordan. And I, it's true. No one talks about how he got beat in the playoffs by Shaq and Penny no. on the way to them losing to the Rockets. But 
no still one, no one talks about that because it's a blemish on like a yep. perfect story yep um what was i gonna say oh do you think that the sixers are going to the finals no i think lebron and the Cavs are yeah i don't think the sixers are gonna go they're not i, I think it's everyone's gonna be Cavs warriors four <laughs> yeah i think people have to and the Cavs will lose again oh they'll get swept <laughs> Which sucks. Which is because these playoffs have been great so far, and have. I think they're going to continue to be great. Yeah, the finals is going to be a huge letdown. It is. They're well, going to suck. Is it a more interesting finals if it's like Sixers, Rockets? In there? Maybe Sixers, Rockets. It'd be, it'd be Six- much more Sixers, interesting. Warriors. It's not as good for ratings or like the casual fan. It's better for people who like care about the NBA. Yeah. If anyone but the Warriors and Cavs are in it. So if the Celtics win tonight, they move on. Would they be playing the Sixers? Yeah. And do you think they lose? Yeah, they'll lose in six. six? I, it would be. It's going to be an interesting test for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. Both teams. Um, cool. That's all I got. In? Yeah, it's yeah, it. All right. Cool. Ready. Three, two, one.